I love fish and chips. I could eat fish and chips first thing in the morning, last thing at night. Wake me up during the night with a bag of chips. You know, it's one of those things. Evening shadows Barbato Bozza, known as Barbi to his friends and relatives, is a big man, a very, very big man who loves fish and chips. Cod, fresh or frozen, ray, long or flat, place, haddock, whiting, scampi, he loves them all, especially when accompanied by a bag of crispy golden chips. Barbato's daddy, Donato Bozza, owns a fish and chip shop in Tala. His uncles, Loredo, Patrizio and Vittorio, are also in the fish and chip business. So is his auntie Rosina. And then there's Auntie Connie, Concetta Fusco and her husband Angelo, who run a fish and chip shop in Rialto, just past the lights at Dolphin's Barn. It was in 1961. He just came over and, uh, well, he was looking for a wife. And, because I always said I was never going to get married. But then I just made my mind up and I was married. Well, maybe it was three or four months we were married and all. We got married in March 62. And he just came before Christmas. So it was only a few months when I knew him. <laughs> My brother said to me, now you're getting married, you take Rialto. Because you all said, who gets married first, takes Rialto. So Loretta said, now you said, who gets married first, goes to Rialto. So I said, okay. <laughs> I couldn't say no. So we came and we lived here. With time, then we got upstairs and all. But that time we just had the flat downstairs here. We live it here, and we're still living here. Oh, it was twenty things since I'm here. Yeah, it's twenty-nine years I'm married. Next March now. My first immigration is in 1953. I stay there for six years, six year and a half. I go in Caracas. Yeah. I work uh, in electrician in the factory, you know, textile factory, where it makes stuff, suits. You know, start at 10 o'clock in the, in the night and finish uh, at 5 in the morning. For a f- good few, for five years, I think, work a little bit. No able anymore to work over there for... Uh, for long because you know the weather it's too hot no good for making family over there 
Het is prefer home en in Italië of andere country hier in Europa. Things much better. After that, I back in Italy. Stay another while there. And after that, I came here in Ireland. I go first uh, in uh, Belfast, have a relation there. After a while, I stay two weeks. You know, after two weeks, I don't like over there. I came here in Dublin. Work day and night. <laughs> hey. That that's very hard life. Everything was different. Well, it's uh, you work much less. Like you put the same hours, but it's you know you get all of the things ready. You just eat it up and serve them to people. But years ago, you had to do everything yourself. I remember we were the first ones to start making burgers. We used to make our own burgers. Like, now you get it ready-made and you just give them to people. But that time you make your own. You buy your fish and you had to skin them and, you know, get them ready. Now you get it ready, scanned, and like you work less now. But before it was hard. It was a hard job. Some night we'll uh, close the shop and... We scrub on the floor, we'll clean the chip pan, and we may say, like we were all young, well, we go and clean them potatoes now, instead tomorrow morning. <laughs> and we often did that, but this because we were young. Like Now we would say, if we were going to peel it, we would say, oh, well, I get up early in the morning, I do it. But that time we would say, well, we do them now, and, you know, it's done in the morning. Oh, we, we did it a lot of times. But then when mom and dad came over, my dad used to peel all the potatoes. He worked very hard <laughs> for nothing, <laughs> just for the family. He'll do a clean potatoes here, and then he goes around to my brother. He doesn't, you know, for everybody. Some people say it originated in Paris with um, uh, potato sellers, chestnut sellers on the street with the charcoal and then start frying it and that. But chips were fried in the Roman times, like, so I don't know who actually started, you know, fish and chips as we know it today. I'm from Montartigo. Provincia Frosinone, but a hundred miles from Rome. It's a small village. It's really not much there. You can just spend the whole day quiet, you know. It's not much. It's no working there or anything, you know. Like it's, you know, a lot of house stuck all together, and we live it there. Like you do go out to work on the farms, and you know, well, go to mass in the morning, and then we have chapel there, you know. And then you go and do all your work and you come back and maybe you meet your friends. 
And that's, you know, life was good, but was wasn't much there. It's just, you can live nice and quiet. Everybody loves there. My mother's name, maiden name was Borza. She's from a, a little village called Montatigo in the region of uh, Frosinone, which is, uh, sorry, the province of Frosinone in the region of Lazio. And it's between Rome and Naples, also beside um, the famous Monte Cassino. Uh, Mum is from, a, it's a, a mountain area, and it's a um, very small little village, and... The majority of people were all into farming and um, just taking care of land, uh, basically um, agricultural. And um, a, the majority of the of the people from Mami's village, they all emigrated around that time, the same time that Mum would have emigrated, even before then. And um, as a result, the people. Uh, who were left, like there's very few people left in that village where, ma- where mum came from and uh, because they, they'd all emigrated. Daddy also is from Fros- the province of Frosinone in the, the same region, but uh, he came from it's a little, uh, another little village called Casalvieri and um, Daddy was the only one out of his family who emigrated. The rest of his family, they're all in Italy. He was the youngest in the family and his my grandfather died like when when daddy was very small so at that stage uh, my two older uncles they'd uh, moved up to rome and so there was my dad and his uh, and his older another brother and sister and um dad just felt he wanted he wanted to move like he wanted to make a living like to to just to leave the area and um, to see if he could make it outside of outside of the area, so uh, he first emigrated to South America, and he went to Venezuela. Wilhelmina Fusco, Concetta and Angelo's youngest daughter, is twenty-three. I suppose I look Italian. <laughs> um, I've got black, blackish brown hair, brownish eyes. <laughs> And probably all the other features that go along with them, with an Italian. People can never make out what nationality I am. Um, the most common nationality I, I'm given is uh, Egyptian, believe it or not. For some reason, because because uh, my, my, my skin colouring is quite pale and then my hair colouring is so dark, people actually give me more uh, Egyptian or an awful lot of people give me more Arabic um, nationalities. Uh, rather than uh, European, as in Italian. Other than that, uh, the closest European to to Italian I'm given is Spanish. It's quite confusing at that stage because you're in Ireland and you're considered foreign to a certain degree, and you're living. You go back to to Italy, and again, you you get the same treatment. So um, that's when confusion sets in, and you're saying, "What am I?" <laughs> Uh, you're living in Ireland and you're considered Italian. Then as soon as you go to, to Italy, oh, here's the Irish coming back, or actually they they say, or here's the English coming back. <laughs> um, I think I'm a bit of both at this stage. I mean, I can, I can, can say, uh, quite honestly say, um, I'm Italian-Irish. My auntie was here... Um 
since 1960. Like up on the north, like you know. And this, we came here in 1951. <laughs> My father was a farmer. He had, they had the sheep and cows, you know, part of everything. And they work at land and, you know, well, they had everything they wanted, you know. But uh, if you wanted to get a job, you had to move on and go somewhere else. You wouldn't get a job up there. Maybe you get an odd day, you know, working on the farms like that, but nothing else. And that's why and then we moved out. We thought it wasn't nice, you know, being work on the farms like that. But everybody was emigrating at that time. My brother he was going to emigrate to Venezuela. Then he changed his mind, then he came to Ireland. So I came to New Arts, 1951, 17. Because, uh, like, everybody was going, you know, maybe 16, 17, 18. Like, as long as they knew where you were going. Like, you know, they won't let you go if they didn't know, like, where you were going. But whenever they know, like you're going with some relations, you will be okay. And my mother didn't mind at all. Well, she knew like I was going with my auntie, was our sister, and she was just like a second mother, you know, to us. And um, she didn't mind. Well, you know, she she did mind going away, but she knew we were going to be okay. You had ideas, like you know. You didn't came with no ideas. You had uh, ideas, like, because often my auntie comes home with uh, our, our daughters, you know, and they tell you what was like here and, you know, and all that, and you had ideas. It's not you just came with your eyes closed and you didn't really know anything, you know. We have had here recently suggested that the best method of meeting communism is not necessarily by force. That there is something else also which is required. That we have got to show the people who are going to resist communism that there is a way of life. That there is a way of life which is worth defending. We believe that that is true. And we want to be in Ireland, to be in a position in which we will feel that we are defending all the things that are worth defending, that we are defending the sacred liberties of our people. And as long as a powerful nation which is near us, by her force, divides that ancient nation and subjects a large portion of the people that are cut off to a foreign rule against their will, then as long as that exists, so long will Irishmen feel that if there is to be liberty defended, it has first to be defended on Irish shores. A lot of chip shops uh, today in Dublin and Ireland, uh, a lot are from the same area. Most of the Italians in Ireland are from the Lazio area, which is south of Rome. A lot of the Italians are actually from La Valle di Comino, near Monte Cassino. It's between Casino and Sora. And there's a valley there called Valle di Comino. Quite a lot of Italians are from there. And then, of course, it'd be safe enough to say that 50% of the Italians are probably from Casalatico, which is a small village 
in Valle de Camino. A lot of them that came over in the 50s, um, cousins like my father came in the early 50s, he brought over a lot of cousins, even though he's Bordza, he brought over a lot of um, Aprilis, Macaris, uh, which are cousins of his, so a lot of uh, these people came over with him in the 50s and then have expanded and, and are still in the chip shop business. A lot of people that were around turn of the century or before Italian names have moved on to different things or maybe one of the families in the business and the rest have gone you know, doing other work, other professions. <laughs> When we arrived there, my uncle was there. He picked us up and we bought anything at Nards. They had two or three shops there. And, you know, they had ice cream, pearl, fish and chip, everything they had. And uh, she had four, four children, but were all married. Like, they all had family. And each one, they had their own place. And I think that's why we moved... To Dublin, you know. My brother said, well, we can't start a business there in Jutnards. He said, we'll have to go, you know. We tried Dublin, and that's why we really came here. But we didn't really know nobody, only one family here in Ireland, here in Dublin. He had moved from Belfast as well, it was boards, you know. He had a place on Dorset Street. It was the only person we really knew. But after we were here, well, we got to know, you know, a whole lot of people, and you're okay, but and the big end was hard. There's five of us in the family. There's uh, mum, dad, my brother, my sister-in-law, and myself. And I have an older sister who's who's living in Paris. My brother, uh, my brother Aldo, he's 26 years of age. He married an Italian girl. Um, my sister-in-law is from the north side of Dublin, but um. She's also, like, both her parents are Italian as well. Myself and my brother, we started a business on Panel Street. He came from the Newtonards, he came up to Dublin for one or two weeks, I don't remember. And that you find this place there, it was a very bad condition, very old. It was an Italian fellow owned it. It was a fish, originally a fish and chip there, you know. So it was the only place he can get, and, like, he didn't know the Dublin at all. So he went to this man and he took it over. The shop wasn't his name, but we work, if we earn 10 pence, like it was 5 pence each, you know. It was very, very bad, very old. It was all flooded water on the back. And, like we had to, they renew the place before we could start doing anything, you know. We used to live across the road from the place. We rented the place. It was, it was so, we didn't even know how to bathroom, you know, just tiled and one of these old things, very, very bad condition. So from that, we improved then, you know. We put a new terrace floor, new chip pan, everything. And then we started, you know. And uh, he was there working a couple of months before we could start. You don't have chip shops in Italy. In Italy, you would have your local pizzeria which is a pizza, uh, big slabs of pizza, and then they just cut it in square portions, weigh it. And um, McDonald's is quite popular. Dare I use the word McDonald's? Uh, now, you know, the burger, the fast food type 
of uh, eating, but an actual chip shop uh, in Italy are quite rare. There's only one, the odd place. And they're mainly of Scottish background, one or two that are in our area. But now there's um, a cousin of mine who's in Casalatico actually has a chip shop. They have a bar and a chip shop, and in the summer they're very busy because there's a lot of Irish-Italian, English-Italian, well, French-Italian who go back for their holidays. So there actually is one chip shop in Casalatico. The Idea of Homes exhibition opens tomorrow at the Mansion House. And for all those housewives who wonder what's new, here's Mr. W.A. Convery on the subject of the Ideal Bungalow. The attraction of the exhibition this year is the Ideal Bungalow. And uh, the highlight of the bungalow is the kitchen. And what's new in the kitchen is the oven, which is separate from the cooker top. In other words, the oven is a separate unit and can be placed at the level and in the position to suit the housewife. The house is a timber house and it's insulated with a new insulating material that is made in Ireland. My eldest brother, Donado, came first and then I came after him. Then he got married, he went back to Italy and he came back with my sister and another younger brother. And we were all together on Parnell Street. And uh, another brother, he was in Venezuela. He came down from Venezuela, he came to Dublin. But after, like, well, you know, you miss your mother, you miss your, you miss your family when you're away from everybody. And so I said, uh, it's time now. We, I go home, but they come over. So they came over, and then I had a younger brother, like he was with them, and he came over with mum and dad. My grandparents came here um, after, after the children had emigrated. Um, they came a good few years later, and then they were all out in the north side of Dublin for a good few years, and until the the, the children started settling down, and then mum moved out to the south side. And my grandparents stayed out on the north side with uh, with the, uh, my mum's older brother. Oh, I remember her very well. She was she was a typical Italian grandmother, but she was like a grandmother to everybody. Not only her her own grandchildren, she was a grandmother to like she was like a grandmother to everybody. Um, she only died there last year, and it was just it was too sad. Uh, as soon as you would walk in the door and Granny would look at you and depending on what you were wearing, even as far as like to down to the colour that you had on. Like, um, what are you dressed in black for? Black is a colour for mourning and you don't you don't dress up like that, but uh, like really down to the last detail she would like comment on everything. But um she'd always say, um, you have to use a lot of sentiment in life and like really have your head screwed on tightly and if you want to succeed and just all those little kind of things you know she had all her little um all her little sayings you know in italian of course maybe 16 months i was in Parnell street i know i was around Parnell street about 16 months from Parnell street i got shopping art here it would have been 55 i don't really remember exactly <laughs> My eldest brother, 
He stayed on Parnell Street. She was married and he stayed on Parnell Street with the son, his wife, family as well, you know. My sister-in-law, mother and father, came over with my mother and uh, they came all together, you know. And uh, so he had these in-laws there and my mum and dad they were with us. We got to shop in Rialto and I work here. My two brothers work here with me and my dad used to come every day as well. Like and my sister said in her day and you know, my mother, she never went to the shop. But she worked on the kitchen and always, you know. And she worked hard, like she always had your dinner ready and, you know, did all the preparation. Because she always worked hard, you know, and working just on the kitchen wasn't was nothing to her, you know. And so we moved here, we were here, we close at night and we go home thirteen. Maybe we get a taxi, you know, or maybe a friend to give us a lift. Then after a while we bought a little car and we go home with the car. If you work hard, um, I think in any business you're going to make a success of it. The hours are very long. That is the one thing I really don't like about the chip shop business is the hours. You know, most chip shops would open at 12, close from 2 to 5, and then would be open till 1 o'clock. Well, we never stayed open later than 1 o'clock. Some weekends, probably close to a 3. But... Um, it's a lot of hours, you know, when it's a family-run business, even though you have a lot of staff, you have to be there. That's the other old golden rule of the older Italians. You have to be there yourself. That kind of, you know, law, which um, obviously at the end of the year helps when you're, if you're there yourself. But um, it's like any other business, you know, it is, you know, when you work, obviously you're going to make some money. By being a, a family living, for instance, uh, wages wouldn't be as high. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, especially when you're training in the family, they would get a weekly wage, but it wouldn't be colossal. So, uh, you know, a family business is always cheaper to run, you know, automatically than a, if you have to have an army of staff. So probably in that end, there is, you know, you can save a certain amount. The chip pan uh, we had them on the wall, and you were standing with your back on the people, always, and you say, "Well, somebody's gone through something over my head or not?" Like you weren't sure, you know. And uh, I, I was held up once, but this was a long time after. When I was in Tengit, I was going to be held up. And somebody jumped the counter with a knife and, and held me up. Went they were to the register and take all the money. So this was the ter- the worst thing ever happened to me. Like, we had a breaking in a lot of times and this. But this time, my lit, my eldest daughter was with me, and she was beside the teller, the cash register, and this man went over with an iron bar. And I was terrified he was going to hit over her head, you know? Because he said to Maria, open the tell. He had to jump to the register, to see. And another man was holding me up with a knife, like this, this was the worst thing ever happened to me. Like it was hard, the years, years ago was hard. Like 
something like that happened to you. And I said, we changed, like, well, the was changed already when this happened. We had a pan on the wall, and you were standing with your back, you know. And you said, somebody's going to do something over my hat. Yeah, like, you often got to drunk people, and they give you a lot of trouble, you know. But then you get a nice people as well. That's the way it is, I think, for everybody, and every job as well. You don't know who you're going to, to meet. There used to be a lot more trouble in chip shops in the older days. I think that was a language barrier because a lot of people had come over from Italy had a uh, bit of English, well, learnt the English when they were here, but didn't have the conversational English. So if somebody would say, you know, you F an Italian or whatever uh, in the shop, you didn't know what way to answer. But I think when the younger generation came on, like we, for instance, the the smart thing, uh, some people would say something in Irish. I remember my sister answering him back in Irish. My Irish wasn't great, but it was okay. So they just know, you know, well, these people do speak another language. You know what I mean? I think there was the, the language barrier because people used to say, oh, God, working in a shop, you know, till all hours. A lot depends on the area, too. But now it's, you know, it's no problem. You know, you speak English and the people speak English. You can have a conversation with the people. I think it was a lack of communication. But that was in the early days, the 50s. On a Friday, our pub crowd, um, because they're all our regular customers, all our local customers, we know all of them. So... Um, we don't really, we don't get such a rowdy crowd in as such. They're just, uh, they're a good laugh, basically. Uh, the whole lot of them, like, they're, they're a good bit of fun. So you just join in with them. But um, nobody is, is um, nobody gets out of hand as such. And um, once they have their chips, uh, like, they come in, they're served and they just go home and that's it. But um, while they're in the shop and what have you, like, it's just, some of them are, or good fun when they're in the shop at that hour like that. And you're happy as well anyway because you're about to close, so you don't really mind. People coming into the shop uh, drunk uh, is definitely not funny, but you take it with a sense of humour, you know what I mean? If they start, how do you handle a person when they're drunk? You can't handle them being aggressive. You just play along with them. You know, that's the best way, I think, of handling. But people don't come in drunk, drunk anymore. I don't know what it is. I remember even uh, my parents saying of the earlier days and even older people. I think people used to drink more or go in drunk much more because there isn't that element anymore. I don't know. Obviously, people do come in, you know, with a few jars and that. But there isn't that trouble, you know, with the drunker. You still dread pub or, or Christmas time when you're probably busier and you have the shop full of people and they're trying to be merry, it's not that you don't want to be merry, but you've been in the shop all day. This is the last hour, so you have a queue, you want to serve, and at the same time you have to be pleasant because that's what business is all about. So it is hard, you know, sometimes when you're tired and that, but it's, it's not a problem as such. We couldn't resist today a brief visit to the Garda Depot up beyond in the park to see the 12 new Lady Cups. They're now launched on their course and due to appear on the streets before us around the 1st of December. We first talked with the Assistant Training Officer, Superintendent Walter Dunn. We're very pleased and we're very pleased to have uh, 
those girls uh, in the force. We welcome them, the first members of the Van Garda. Uh, we feel there has been a uh, want for ladies in the force for a good many years. The force you felt the lack of them? We felt the lack of them. The force has been established now since 1922. And uh, this is the most important event that has occurred in the force since its establishment. Uh, Miss Mary Margaret Theresa Brown of Ballinlock Road, Castlereagh, County Roscommon. Welcome to Dublin. Thank you. Glad to see you here. How do you feel about the job? Well, I have been looking forward to it for ages, and now that I'm here, I'm quite pleased with it. How did you hear about it first? It was advertised in over Radio Erin and the newspapers, and uh, I applied for it as soon as I saw it. Children helped us sense, you know, they were able to do it, you know, especially the eldest girl now. Like, she come home from school, maybe you were busy there, and she give you a hand. Even though she loved doing it, and she loved people here, everybody, she was friendly with everybody. But she didn't like doing the job, you know. She j she still does if she have to do, but it's not the thing she likes to doing, you know. But she always did help us a lot. Seems not the other ones are doing it now. I don't mind if they want to, to do it. I think it's good. Like I I I lived here for over thirty years. Why they're not? They could do the same, you know, because it's not hard. It's just part of their life, so like it's so much part of their life at this stage that like I don't think it could be any different. They're so long at the business, like Mum is at it over thirty years, and Dad is heading for for being at it like thirty years as well. So like it's just it's such a long time to to be doing the same thing, and um, I can't imagine them really doing anything else. I could never imagine them stopping, never. They're um, they're too attached, uh, definitely, to the whole um, trade. And even like, even with family, even like, even now, like the, the business is family run, but like my parents are still there. And um, I, I couldn't imagine them just, just stopping, no. Definitely, it's more to them than just a shop, probably, because it's not the average shop like, oh, um, maybe a nine to eight business, like the hours are longer. And also because you live there, like you live overhead. So like it's it's shop and home and everything combined. Uh, I think my f mother misses it more than my father. My mother misses the shop when... We were selecting her last summer. Oh, now you're going to Italy. And she was saying, hey, the shop, you know this. And I said, Mammy, we can always get you a little pan at the side of the kitchen, you know, and you can play chip shop. I think she does, you know, she doesn't miss it when you're away, but, you know, she, it's her life. She's been, you know, like she reared us, you know, you could say behind, well, not behind chip shop, but, you know, working in the shop. We had our grandparents, staff and that, but... Uh, so I think it is hard when you, you know, you're totally move away from it and, you know, it's your life. But that all depends. I don't think I could ever remember not being in the shop. Um, 
like I've grown up. Come to think of it, I think I've grown up in the shop or with the shop um, ever since we were small, like even doing little things for mum or dad around the place or um, maybe going out with dad to the market or any little thing like that and it's always been directly involved with the shop. Um, I always remember the shop being there and mum and dad outside working in the shop uh, with staff and then as we grew up uh, we came along and we started helping out and so we just you just take it from there. I like the shop a lot. Well, I remember when Fridays were Fridays and they were a real busy day in the chip shop. Uh, and um, at lunchtime when I'd come out of school, I remember I used to have to carry buckets of chips from the yard into the shop and I used to hate it because everybody else used to go back out and play with the, you know, I had to do, carry the buckets. I would have been, what, nine, ten, I suppose, at the time. But um, you just get into it. Then you, you know, weekends or whatever, you start helping, uh, doing burgers, like minor work, you know what I mean? I never actually cooked fish or anything like that till I was much older. But you do start helping out or serving. We had a sweet counter. Uh, we had the tables. When I used to spend weekends with my granny in Artane, uh, we used to help cleaning the table. We used to love finding threepence or sixpence. You know, people used to leave tips in them days. So you kind of get into it that way. A bit you were made to by helping out and a bit you actually enjoyed. So it, it automatically, it was there. You know what I mean? You never actually, there was never a time that you go out to learn to do uh, uh, you, you kind of, uh, I don't know, it was automatically there for me to actually, when did I start I wouldn't be able to answer really. Now it seems like only yesterday I sailed from out of Cork a wanderer from Erin's Isle I landed in New York now there wasn't a soul to greet me there a stranger on the shore but your Irish luck was with me here and riches came galore And now I'm going back again To dear old While Barbie was learning the tricks of the trade at his mother's knee in Churchtown, and the local lads in Rialto sang songs of emigration for Radio Aaron, Conchetta Fusco stood at her chip pan. I've almost forgot I've been so long away But my mother will introduce them all And this to me will say I just like doing it. I always love it and I still love doing it. Because when I'm beside the chip, Anna, I feel good, even if I'm not well. But if I'm there, I feel good. Maybe from you're talking to people and, you know, you're just like you're doing something and you don't feel any pains. <laughs> when you're sitting on the chair, you start feeling pins here and pins there. 
but when you're working, you don't. Uh, I'm just happy doing it, you know. My husband sometimes says, someday they're going to pick you behind that pan. Somebody's going to pick you up. <laughs> but I don't mind. I just like doing it. I still love doing it. I know it's not the reason. Then we started maybe doing fish and chips. And the rest, they came after us. They did the same thing, you know. Maybe you call them over, you know. I you know I called two or three more. Like, you know, they gave us hand. Maybe they were cousins, you know, relations. They came over and they worked with us. After a while, they started on their own. And that's the way everybody started like that. I think that's why they just everybody got in the fish and chip shop. Now, like, they have different ideas. They want to do different things. They don't want to do fish and chips. But it, for me, it was, was a good job. <laughs> Thank you.